You're listening to the podcast of the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Hi, I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and I want you to know that today uh, we are going to be talking on the subject of confession. When was the last time you ever heard a sermon on confession? Today's topic on words of encouragement. Today, I want to talk about confession. Uh, When was the last time you heard a sermon on confession? I can't raise my hand and tell you when I last heard a sermon on confession. When I was a seminary student, we had a professor of systematic theology, and he was the hardest professor on campus. And to let you know just a little bit about, I hate to say this, but a little bit about some of the, for some of the pastors that you, ouch, that you help uh, become trained pastors, some of them did not want to take him, and so they took someone else. And they told me, don't take him, he's the hardest. And so I started looking at the schedule, the course catalog, looking through there, who is it that fits my schedule, He was the only one who fit my schedule. And I thought, well, I guess I have to take him. That's, it must be, it must be arranged ahead of time for me to take this man. So I took Dr. William Kirkpatrick. I took his systematic theology class and I did fine. I don't know if I loved the subject. I don't know if I just loved it so much. He was an excellent teacher. I didn't feel like he called us to do more than... We could ever do. I, I just I felt he was fine, but I was so glad he did. He was he is a very well known biblical scholar, and he would have us read other scholars and say, "Okay, look, here's your reading for tonight," and we would read. Now, may God forgive you if you did not read, because you could not participate that next day in class. Uh, So you would read, we'd come back, we'd discuss, and then at the end of the discussion, right before we would leave out of the class, he would write on the chalkboard, why baptism? Why Jesus? Maybe another one for another day. Why the church? That's all he would say. And we would have to go home, write a half sheet on that topic. Why the church? So, uh, why... The church, why confession is what I look at, I want us to look at this morning. It was a tough thing to to sit back and sit in front of that computer screen at that time. We actually had one by then. I was happy I had one. Uh, And I sat and stared at a blank screen for a while and reflected on what we had read, reflected on what the Bible taught, and would write out my little paper. But this morning I asked the question, why confession? Why confession? Why in the world do we need to confess anything to anyone? Well, the first of two types of confession. We're going to look at two types of confession this morning. The first is to confess something. I'm going to define the word confess. It means to admit or state that one has committed a crime or is at fault in some way. The word also carries with it to declare one's religious faith. 
So there are the two meanings of the word confess. To, to admit or state that one has committed a crime or is at fault in some way or to declare one's religious faith. So first, let's look at the confession of faith. There must be first, in order to have a relationship with God, a confession of faith in Christ and what He has done on the cross. There must be a confession that we believe that what happened on that cross so long ago affects us today makes a difference in our lives because certainly it does. No one else can forgive us of sins. No one else can provide that forgiveness of sins except God himself. And so as we look at this this morning, I want you to, if you, if you want to, I think I have the scriptures on the screen. If you, if you can't, don't want to flop around this morning in your Bible there. Uh, but in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, we find these words. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation." And so the first, conf- the, the first definition of the word confess that we see here is a confession of belief, a confession of faith. We are believing in Jesus to save us, to save us from going to hell, to forgive us of our sins. We're confessing that we, you and I, when we, when we confess our faith in Christ, we are saying that we believe that He is the Messiah, the one sent from God, the Redeemer for all of us. We are confessing that. We are saying we believe that. That's what we're saying when we confess Jesus as Lord of our life. Without trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin, a person misses heaven and goes to hell. And the Bible teaches this to us. When a person who has not accepted Christ comes to him and confesses their belief in Him for the forgiveness of sins, they are agreeing that Jesus is the Son of God and He has provided the way to heaven. And this confession is a confession of their belief in Jesus as the only one who can save them from the punishment of their sins. When they confess Christ as their Savior, their sins are forgiven. And there is a place in heaven that is secured for them. That, that is secured. You know, have, have you, those of you who have bought a home, maybe it's been a while since you've bought a home, purchased a home. You purchased it. But you didn't just go up and, hey, here's my money, I'm buying a house. You had to go through a lot of, of, of a process. You had to go through a process. You had to talk to the bank. You had to, you know, is the loan going to come through? That's always the big question. (gasps) Will they approve the loan? Will they approve it? Oh, will it happen? Oh, my goodness, will it happen? And we wait for that to happen. and, And we hope that that will occur and that it will be okay. And we're waiting for that to happen. Well, when you ask Christ into your heart, When Jesus comes in, He forgives you of your sins. He becomes Lord of your life, in charge of your life. And when that happens, your home in heaven is secured. 
You're not going to get up to the pearly gates and say, did it happen? Did my name get written down? Am I here? My house is here, right, Lord? You're not going to have to ask, guess, pray, or wonder. It's going to happen. It has happened. Your place is secured in heaven if you've asked Christ to come into your heart. And that home is yours. There's not going to be mistaking. You're not, you're not going to get up there and say, when I walk through the front door of your little home and say, there's somebody already here. Who's in my home? None of that's going to happen. Your place in heaven is secured. All the sins that a person has committed and will commit are forgiven out of their confession in Christ as Savior and Lord. If all sins of a person were not forgiven at the time of confession of Christ as their Savior from eternal punishment and as Lord of their life, then Jesus would have to die again for each sin committed after a person comes to Christ. It would have to happen again. If He did not die on the cross for you and take care of your sins once and for all, then He would have to do it every time you sinned. It would have to happen again and again and again. Because don't you know, I know it's not, I know it's probably a secret to you, but don't you know that there are some who, after they accept Christ into their heart, actually sin? I know that was a secret. I know you didn't know that. But oh my goodness, it happens. But those sins are forgiven. Those sins have been taken care of by Christ. The writer of Hebrews in the, in, in the Bible writing about Jesus tells us this. He says, For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, who does not need daily, like, the, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. Because this he did, talking about Jesus, this he did once for all when he offered up himself. I didn't make that up. That's what the Bible says. It happened one time because he was the sinless son of God, the sinless lamb that was Sent to be slaughtered for you and for me. The first confession is that of belief in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the receiving of salvation. That's the first aspect, the first definition of the word uh, confess that we're looking at this morning. Is that declaration of faith in Christ. Well, the second type of confession... While the first type of confession provides a person with salvation, the second type of confession is the agreement with God over sin. The agreement with God as to what is sin. What is sin? When we agree with the Lord, we're on the right page. It's those times when we say, well, it's not all that bad. It's okay. We can get away with this. It's not a big deal. Nobody will know. Maybe no one will ever know. Oh, my. At some point, your sin will be revealed. What does it mean to confess your sins? Does it mean that we just tell God, I'm sorry for what I've done? Dear God, I'm sorry. It does mean that, but it means much more. 
The word confess means to acknowledge a wrongdoing, to agree to see what we have done the way God sees it. Now, some of you this morning may think, well, this preacher, this, this, this is one of those, uh, and I hope there are none, but this is one of those throwaway sermons. Father, uh, you know, pastor, pastor, preacher, man, I, this, is, this is one of those throwaway sermons. This is one of those sermons that just doesn't apply to me. Hmm. If it doesn't apply to me, and it doesn't apply to you, then why in the world am I sharing about confession this morning? It applies, believe me. When we confess, we are owning what we have done. We are naming it before God Himself, and we are agreeing with Him that what we've done is wrong. Now look, therapeutically speaking, It is good for you and I to confess our sins out loud. Now, do we have to tell, do we have to run around and tell the entire parish what we've done? No. You are accountable to God. Now, if you have sinned against a brother or a sister, obviously there are other (laughs) scriptures that deal with forgiveness, that deal with making things right between you and that other person. But if you sin, you are accountable to God Himself. And you and I must go to him, naming the sin. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I, I ran that stop sign. Dear Heavenly Father, I said cruel words about my brother or sister. Dear Heavenly Father, I gossiped about someone out in the community. And I wasn't totally sure if that was true information. Do you notice what I said? Gossiped about something someone did out in the community. Not sure if it's true. Gossip can be true. Gossip can be not true. But it doesn't have to be information that everybody in the world has to know. Just because you feel everyone needs to know about so-and-so up in Montana who, who, who spoke ill of their principal at their school doesn't mean everybody has to know about that. When we sin, we must go to the Lord and confess. Name the sin. Tell Him what we've done. Oh, but preacher, He knows. But when you speak it, the Jews took, took what they said very seriously. There were no throwaway words with the Jews. They, when they pronounced something, when they said something, they then followed up. They took it very seriously. And so when you and I confess to the Lord, dear God, I spoke ill of someone that I truly really care for, but I spoke ill of them. Dear Father, forgive me of speaking ill of them. It can be difficult to do. That can be hard for you and I to do, to go to the Lord and just name it out loud to Him. It's uncomfortable. But do I need to remind you that we have a God who says, look, I love you. I'm waiting for you to talk to me. Let's visit But we, you know, a lot of it's us. We don't feel worthy to talk to Him because we've sinned. Look, God waits on us to come to Him and say, Dear God, I've sinned. And He says, Hey, brother, hey, sister, I love you. I love you. I forgive you. What is happening when we fail to confess? Why is it that we think, Oh, well, just it's so uncomfortable. 
Is it necessary? Is it necessary to have a right relationship with the Lord? Do you want to hear from God in your life? Do you want to have a clue of what He wants to do through you in this world? Because He has an assignment for you. He has things for you to do. He has, there are things, there are people He wants you to talk to, places He wants you to go, and places through which His Holy Spirit, He calls on you and points to you, points out to you where you need to go, what you need to do. And He wants to use you in this world. And if we're in right relationship with Him, then He can do that. But if we have sinned and we've not confessed it, we're not agreeing with God that what we've done is wrong, then we're thinking, well, we're all right with God. As long as we show up to church, we're fine, we're good. Isn't that all that's required, just to show up? Evidently not. We have many who didn't this morning. (laughs) If that were all that mattered was showing up, well, then, well, evidently it doesn't matter much. What really matters is what you do day to day, what I do day to day, what we as God's people do out in the world day to day. That's what matters. So we must be in right relationship with the Lord as we go out in the community. Isaiah, speaking to the people of God, said this, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. What is going on there with the children of Israel? Their relationship with the Lord was in trouble. Their acts of sin caused their relationship with God to be in a state of distress. Have you ever been in a state of distress with someone you love? Have you ever been in a, in a place where you didn't want to be with someone you love? You love? I'm not talking about, oh, well, he made me go to Walmart and I don't want to go. I'm not talking about that. Have you ever been relationally in a place you didn't want to be? You weren't happy, they weren't happy, y'all weren't getting along. If you've been there, it's distressing, isn't it? Well, this is exactly what happens when you and I sin and fail to confess it. We sin and we move along. And the, and the blocks are being built up between you and... And the Lord. And there's a wall that's being built. Now now look, you're not being separated from salvation. You're not being separated from going to heaven. And if I tell you that, well then you think, well then I'm okay. No, you're not. It may be time for you to go. You let that, that, that wall go long enough, God may decide, you know what? It's time. It may be time. It may be time to, to go to heaven. I'm not God. I don't know. I don't decide what He decides. I don't know how He totally views each and every one of us. I know He loves us. I know He longs for you and I to walk with Him. I know He longs for you and I to be vehicles, vessels that He can say, Hey, Craig, I need you over here today. I want you to be over here. I want you to talk to this person. He wants to be able to do that, but He can't if you and I are living with sin in our lives. And we're thinking, well, we're all right. We're good. We're good, preacher. We're good. We make it to church. We're good. But where is your relationship with the Lord? Is it in a state of distress? Because if it is, something needs to take place. And that thing that needs to take place is confession. When a person who has accepted Christ and been forgiven of their sins comes to him, confesses their sins, they come with full agreement, in full agreement with God and free acknowledgement of what they have done. 
not with an eye on being forgiven. That's already taken place. The sins have already been forgiven. But with an eye on mending the relationship with God because the relationship is not where it needs to be. And that's what happens. We, you and I, must confess our sins. If you're saved, if you have Jesus in your heart, then you confess your sins. You do so with the intent of turning away from those sins. You do so with the intent of leaving them behind, not committing them again. The sins are forgiven. Yes, you're not headed to hell if you sin after accepting Christ into your heart. But the relationship with God is not as it should be. And you and I need to be on the same page as best as we can determine with Almighty God. We have got to be on the same page as best we can. That means we must, my goodness, put a little try into our living. We must put a little trying into our living. What, my goodness, we, I, I saw something this week. It was, I, I laughed out loud at it because uh, it was talking about how, how amazing it is that uh, those, who, those who like to go to, a, you know, that just have to go and uh, go to like a ball game, they can make a way. They can stay home from work and be sick, but then that very night they can make their way to the ball field. But then somehow... They just can't make it to church. It's like, what in the world? It depends on what's important to you. That's what you're going to do. But to mend the relationship, it is important for you and I to be in right relationship with the Lord. Sin, after it's been forgiven, is still able to bother, damage your relationship with God. To mend that relationship, as is the case when we offend a friend, we must express sorrow over what we have done and ask forgiveness. Your relationship with your friend still exists after you hurt them, doesn't it? But it's not a healthy, functioning friendship. It's not a good friendship. You're not all excited when you get good news to call them because you're thinking, oh yeah, we don't get along all that well. Ah." The relationship's not as it should be. In order to make things right, you must communicate your apology and your agreement with them that what you have done is wrong. None of this, if I offended you, I'm sorry. That is the... It's not funny, but that's, that's, the, that's the most idiotic thing that some of our people in the world get, get away with today. If I offended you, I'm sorry. Own it. If the person is hurt, you hurt them. What you did is it's obvious you hurt them. I hurt you. I am sorry for hurting you. You own it. You just own it. You don't, you don't act like, well, if I offended you, it seems like you got offended. It's all you. I don't know why. I know, you know, I know I said those bad things about you, but it's your, that's your reaction. You chose to be offended. What world are we living in? Oh, it's not the one we used to, I know. But my goodness, what world are we living in? There's much that comes from you naming your sin before God. When you speak out loud, when you speak out loud the sin you've committed, reality sets in. Oh man, reality sets in. The devil has a way of convincing us that what we've done is not all that bad. But when we agree out loud to God that what we've done is wrong, there's a revelation that takes place in our minds and in our hearts. We begin to see that what we we begin to see what we've done. And we begin to see who we are in the eyes of God. 
In the act of confession, we find that we are in great and consistent need of God's love, His forgiveness, and His grace. Oh, we find out very quickly when we confess our sins before God. Oh, boy, we need you. We need you. Listen, God loves you. He loves you. If you are His child, if you have Jesus in your heart, then when you come confessing your sins to Him, He's not going to reject you. He's not going to reject you. Listen to this verse from 1 John 1, 9. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession. We have a confession in faith and a confession that is a, is a belief in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the receiving of salvation. And confession is also to keep oneself in a healthy relationship with God. Look, if you're serious about your walk with God, if you are serious about wanting to do what He wants you to do, then you will, as my Liberian brother James Qua in seminary used to say, if you'll be fessed up, you won't get messed up. Confess it, confess it, confess it. He used to, tell, he used to say, uh, we used to, and I know, this is a preacher joke, and it may, it may not be as funny as it, to you as it was to us. But anytime somebody felt funny, felt like life wasn't fair for them, things weren't going well, he would say, brother, is there confess, unconfessed sin in your life? And we would joke about it, but sometimes, whoops. We'd have to go examine our own heart. We'd have to go look at our heart and say, well, maybe there is something. Maybe there is something going on. Maybe the reason I'm not hearing from the Lord, maybe the reason I'm not getting along with, the, with God is in the way that I should be is that there is some unconfessed sin in my heart. Confession. The old saying is, it's, it's good for the soul. We hear that. It's true. It's true. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you for the avenue, the, the ability, opportunity that you give to us to be able to confess our sins to you. God, we thank you for promising to forgive us if we simply ask. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Father, I thank you for being who you are. And I thank you for wanting us to be in right relationship with you. You want that. You have provided the way for that to happen. And you are longing for that to happen with us. God, may we feel the same when it comes to you. May we want that relationship to be the way it should be so much that we come confessing our sins to you. Lord, there may be someone here today who is thinking, you know what, I have Christ in my heart, but maybe I need to look at confessing some sin to you. Maybe we're not on the same page. Maybe we're on a total, totally different page. Maybe you're on a totally different page with God. 
Would you take some time to confess some sin to Him? Would you get right with Him? Would you make some, take an opportunity like this to get right with the Lord? Maybe you're here this morning, you've never made things right with God. You've never asked Christ to come into your heart. You've never trusted in Him. You've never confessed your belief in Him to save your soul, to forgive you of your sins, to be in charge of your life. Maybe you'd like to give your heart to Him this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you do what you need to do today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today as we looked at the topic of confession. Someone said, well, I don't think we have to confess our sins to God now that we have Christ in our hearts. And uh, the person, another person said, well, have you ever got into a uh, discussion with your wife and failed to say you were sorry? How did that work for you? Something to think about. Confession. Something to participate in. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.